more and more we see DevRel teams moving to the marketing department. And developer relations combines two different worlds, marketing and engineering. So you need to marry the best of marketing to the best of engineering, right? <laughs> Welcome to the DevRelX podcast, the podcast brought to you from the DevRelX community and slash data. This podcast is devoted to developer marketing relations and advocacy. I'm Stathis Yorgakopoulos and I'm your host. In each episode, we welcome a guest from the developer marketing world to talk about best practices, lessons learned, how-tos, data, and share insights and experiences to help you boost your DevRel game and win developers' hearts. You can find more people like you and resources, developer ecosystem data, news, jobs, and a bi-weekly digest at devrelx.com. Hello and welcome to the DevRelX podcast. I'm sure you noticed a new name and image. In case you missed the announcement, I will just quickly bring you up to speed. We changed the name as DevRelX is more than a collection of resources. It is a community of developer marketing relations and advocacy professionals. It is still full of resources and the bi-weekly digest in your inbox with a few add-ons. The episode format will remain as you know it, welcoming guests and learning from their experiences. Only now you have the opportunity to get together with awesome people like yourself and talk to them. Announcement over, let me introduce today's guest, who, by the way, is a super awesome member of the said community, and it's Vera Tiago, the Developer Advocacy Manager at OutSystems. Vera, welcome to the show. Hi, and thank you for the warm welcome, Stanis. I'm very happy to be here today. And I'm very happy to have you. So let's get to know you first. As a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, tough question. You know, I never had a super passion, you know, for anything in specific. I remember when I was a young king, a kid that I wanted to be a veterinarian because I love animals, dogs, cats, horses. But, but then when I was finishing high school, I was not sure what I wanted to be. So my mom wanted me to be a nurse like my sister or a teacher, but I was not sure. There was one thing that I was passionate about, which was computers. And I was very good you know, at it. So I was a go-to person in high school re- regarding computers. So yeah, so I, I, I didn't know what I wanted to be. So I decided to go uh, to computer science engineer. So I was a software developer. Yeah, that's great. I think, you know, with when I, when you are a child, you know, you kind of like everything. So everything yeah. is possible. <laughs> Loving animals is great, but yeah, it's computers that won your heart after all. So do you want to walk us through your journey, like from a child loving computers and, you know, becoming a software developer to all the way to your current role? Yeah, sure, sure. So yeah, so I, after finishing college, I got my first job as a software developer. So I did PHP for a while and some .NET. And then, you know, I decided to move to another company because I wanted to have new projects, new languages. So I kind of, you know, was moving to different companies to kind of embrace new technologies and learn new things. And at a certain point, I decided um, to join OutSystems, which is where, where I am today. So as a soft as a full full-time job software development, I was also able to embrace another part-time job, which is giving classes at the university. And that is because uh, I love to code, but I also love to teach. 
right? Uh, and this, this is important because this, I think this explains why I ended up in this area of developer relations. So at OutSystems, I, I was a senior software developer and technical lead for a while. And at a certain point, I did a move to become more like a trainer. So during two years, I was in charge of training developers. So new developers um, that were joining our systems, I was the one doing the training, the hands-on, the hands-on training as well. So kind of teaching uh, them how to how to code without systems. And then one day, this is really funny because I, I still remember that day, like it was yesterday. My former manager called me uh, on the phone and asked me this question, Vera. Do you want to change the world? And I was like, yes, of course. Tell me the details. So even without knowing the details, I said yes, because I knew that was something, you know, exciting that was coming. And then he said, so Veda, this is the thing. There's one thing that can kill this company, and that is developers not wanting to use our product. And I was like, wow, yeah, that's true. <laughs> So I joined my former manager in the product management team and, and we created a, a small team that we called Ignite because our goal, our main goal was to ignite the community of developers. And, you know, we started together in this journey. So I was a solo community manager for a while, developer evangelist. So I was doing a bunch of stuff while we were putting our programs in place. So by that time we launched, you know, many programs. There was one in specific that was fundamental for, for us to be able to grow the team, you know, to the point that we have today, which was we created a, a super users program or developer champions program or but the name, you know, the, the field one to call it. But it was, you know, the MVP program. So most valuable professional in our systems. And that was a team of 20 people, community man, community members. So developers were part of our community who joined efforts with us and become our, you know, extent. So they were the ones organizing user groups, meetups, replying on forums, creating content, etc. And that allowed us to have more bandwidth to do the other stuff and to be able to grow our team. So today I'm a manager. So I still do, I still do some heavy lifting, you know, kind of join my team in doing presentations, creating content, etc. But yeah, so I'm more on the manage, uh, management world right now. Yeah, and I'm sure there are many developers out there who are happy that you answered yes to this phone call. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure it's been a great journey all this way, and, but still there are, you know, uh, a lot of things to do. So, yeah, yeah so uh, uh, this is really great to hear. Thank you for sharing it. Now, you know, we, I do love data and this is not new. So let's talk a bit about data. Can you please pick a graph from devrelex.com slash trends and tell us what and why it stands out to you? That's a challenge because there's so many good data in there. Mm. <laughs> okay, okay. So I will pick one. So I will pick, I think it's the first one or one of the first ones that is on the page. What if it's on, on the first page, which is related uh, with the most important features that companies uh, should offer to support developers. And this is great data because essentially what it tells is what, we, what you need to provide developers for them to be successful. And it, it, this goes back to 
you know, fulfilling the basic needs. So if you look, you know, into the Maslow's framework, you need to feel fulfill the basic needs before you you fulfill the the psychological needs, right? So, and if you see, and if you look at this data, it says that the most important thing is documentation and sample code. And then tutorials and how-tos, and then development tools, integrations, and libraries, which is kind of an extension to your product uh, or, or a way to, to implement with your product, right? And this is really valuable for someone, you know, that is doing developer relations because there's so many flashy ideas that we can run into it. And, you know, I, w- I want to do this and this. I want to, kept, I want to tell developers about my product. But essentially, developers are not interested in the benefits of your product. And we usually, you know, go into the trap of, okay, these are the benefits. But first, they want to understand how how they can use it, right? So am I I going to be able to use this? How can I use this? Will this bring benefits, right? This is the third question. So, yeah. Documentation and sample code is obviously, you know, the, the the baseline or the thing that will address those basic needs. And, and that, that we should have that in mind that there should be a core practice on developer relations teams, right? Because then it comes all all the, the other things that you can offer on top of those basic, you know, basic tools that will serve them. So I really like this this data, right? So Kind of, it's kind of a sanity check, let's say, <laughs> sanity check that yeah. we are doing. Okay, we are doing right, so let's continue to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I really love the way you connect it. I don't think I've heard it before, and I really liked it. You know, the parallel with uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like the pyramid, and then yeah. documentation in the bottom. You know, followers of this podcast definitely know by now how many times this has come up. You know, how documentation is uh, your starting point. And how it should be like the first thing you do, and uh, yeah, and I, I like the other point that you made. You know that they don't really care about their features, about the features of your product, and uh, we already know how allergic developers are to marketing mm-hmm. <laughs> or you know promotion. I'll put promotion, you know, as a more specific term there. Yeah, they're trying to solve problems, right? So yeah. they will look into the, your documentation to see how long. It will take them, you know, before they can actually start solving their problem they're trying to. So yeah, yeah, this this has been great, and thank you for sharing it. Moving, you know, a little bit past data to talk about developer relations. When we just started talking, you know, before the recording, uh, and I want to mention it is how we were saying that you know, developer marketing, developer relations, developer advocacy, and evangelism are actually different things. You know, there are a lot of differences in what each person in its role uh, does, but the ultimate goal is is the same, right? To help and empower developers. So for the purposes of this episode, uh, we'll be using the term, you know, developer relations, more like an umbrella term about the whole process of working with developers and helping them do their best work. So with that out of the way... uh, what is your favorite thing about developer relations? Can I say two things? Because I you can say as many as you like. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm not. I'm not sure. So I have two favorite things, right? So I'm not sure what is the one that I like most. So um, one is 
obvious connecting people, right? So being in this field means that you are constantly meeting new people, engaging in, into, you know, very interesting conversations. But it's also, you know, it's it also brings, you know, other other things, which is you can go from I love people to I hate people, right? <laughs> Because it can be a really exhausting, you know, job. But yeah, overall, this is one of my favorite things, right? It's, it's, it's about, you know, uh, getting to know people, creating a community, you know, being involved in this community because as soon as you 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 gain their trust, right? You gain that trust, uh, they become part of your family and they become very active on, on a daily basis and they work with you. So it's, it's really awesome to, to be able to explore these synergies and these relationships. Another thing is the opportunity uh, to learn new things. So this job requires us to be learning new things every day. So this is a job related to technology, right? And technology is in constant evolution. So every day you get new technologies, new ways of doing things. And as a professional on the developer relations uh, area, Of course, you need to master uh, your product, right? So you need to understand um, how your product can help developers, whether you know it is on their professional life or pet projects. But you also need to be aware how it compares to other offers um, that are in the market, right? So we need to be an informed person so that you can have informed conversations, right? Uh, because otherwise, you will look like you have been brainwashed, right? So you can, oh, you only see your product. So what about this and this, this? Why should I use this rather than this? What are the benefits, right? So you should be able to have informed conversations. So you should be learning, you know, new things. And, and so one of, you know, the things that, that, that keeps me motivated every day on my job is I have so many things, you know, to learn so I have so many things that needs to be done and I so many things to learn that I keep you know being super engaged in this in these fields and, and wanted to learn more not just you know about you know products that are out there that can serve developers but also tactics right that you can run that to help developers developers uh, succeed so for example there's a, a huge uh, a huge conversation online about developer education right because there's a lot of noise online, right? It kind of, there's a lot of streams, documentation, blog posts, samples, and ways that you can go, you know, and help developers to learn. So there's also, you know, the cohort-based learning courses that is something that many teams are trying to explore. So I've, I've always trying to, you know, to understand you know, how we can leverage, you know, different initiatives of, of or ways of doing things to help, you know, developers being successful and uh, learn our technology. So, yeah, connecting people and learning new things. So two very exciting things that, that I love about being in developer relations. Yeah, these connections you can build with people in this field, you know, because you're tackling problems together, there's like a, can be a really bonding experience. And of course, as you said, it, it's the industry itself that, changing every day and it's the whole mission of the industry too like to change to bring new things to you know make our life make our work uh, easier so yeah i don't think the learning process ever stops 
Yeah. And, and you know what? So, and this is something that it will, you know, continue for a while because there's not enough developers and there, there will never will be enough developers, right? Yeah. So, you know, the number of companies and startups creating products to, to increase developer productivity will continue to increase, right? So there will, you know, there will appear new products, new APIs, new frameworks just to help developers because there's not enough, right? So, and while there's not enough, we need to make sure that the ones that exist, they make, they, they use their time efficiently, right? They are productive. So, yeah, so this will, this, this world will continue to explode. So, yeah, yeah, it will. And um, now can, kind of changing the subject of sorts, because we were just talking about the things you love, things that are great. Let's see, you know, the other side of the page and what have been your biggest challenges in developer relations? Biggest challenges. So one of the biggest, biggest challenge that I had and still have, right, is about balancing the interests of the company and the developers, right? So you need to serve your company, but you need to serve your developers. And I would say it's the first of first, you need to serve developers, but at the same time, serve your company. So, for example, more and more, we see DevRel teams moving to the marketing department. And developer relations combines two different worlds, marketing and engineering. So, you need, you need to marry the best of marketing to the best of engineering, right? <laughs> so, and because you are the one, the one that knows best this audience, there's a challenge in keeping an authentic voice, you know, when trying to communicate with, with them, right? Um, and as DevRel is getting more visibility, you know, in, in companies, they will want to leverage DevRel to marketing to developers, which is a good thing, right? So it's, you, you usually say that developers hate marketing, but I think developers hate bad marketing, right? So we are the ones that, that should be able to help marketing and in speaking to developers with an authentic voice. So this is one of the biggest problems, which is, you know, balancing developers' interests and, and companies' interests. From a personal point of view, and as a, as a professional myself, one of my biggest problems and something that, you know, got me stuck for a while on my career was I was not a, a data-driven person in the past. So I struggle a lot in getting, you know, management buy-in and justifying what I was doing. So I was that person, uh, you know, that, uh, you know, usually so I was getting very offended when people say, so what is the risk of us killing this initiative? And I was like, what do you mean killing this initiative? This is super important. <laughs> and then I was not able to justify what is, was, you know, uh, super important, right? So I, I was the one that, you know, believed that what's more than a click. And, and I still believe in that, right? I still believe that, you know, creating meaningful connections um, and authentic relationships with developers is the most important. But at the same time, I think, there's need to be evidence on the impact that your work is having, right? So you need to have data to measure, you know, the success of your initiatives while you are building these um, meaningful, you know, relationships. So I learned, so I, I think I overcome that challenge over time. So I learned 
to love data. And right now I simply adore dashboards and, you know, having, going into deep conversations about data. So I really love that right now. So it's a new me today. <laughs> All I can say is, woohoo, uh, we're data people here at Slash Data. We, we love dashboards. We create tons of them. And, you know, we're really happy when, you know, you can actually use this data, you know, that can help you in your career, like help you make decisions or, as you just mentioned, you know, justify to upper management why you need to do this effort, why you need more budget. So, you know, data-driven is actually in, in our uh, culture, in our, our internal company culture. So we love data-driven people all around the world. Yeah, no, no. Data is awesome because data tells you a story, right? So if you yeah. embrace data and and learn how to to you know to to observe it, yeah, data you know uh, tells you many things. Of course, you know if you are a good feeling person like me, so I always rely <laughs> a bit on my gut feeling, right? And then I go after you know uh, data to prove that my gut feeling is right so i think you, there's you need to do you know to need to balance these two worlds right uh gut feeling and data yeah but when when you're you know when both are aligned it's like um the best green light you could ever get right? yeah yeah for sure true <laughs> so we talked about challenges but you know with challenges come like also lessons that you learn so can you tell us one thing that you tried and you failed at, but actually taught you a valuable lesson uh, one thing that i failed so i don't have a specific you know story in mind of course there's you know there's plenty of them you know about things that went <laughs> went wrong yeah but uh, essentially one of the things that i think i failed in the past was and i still struggle you know to to avoid that today is uh, about embracing too many things at the same time. So as DevRel, we tend to, to think that uh, everything is our job, right? Because we understand developers, we know what is the best for them. We think that, that we can, you know, that we can solve everything. And that makes us sometimes fall into the trap of getting involved in too many things, like minor things. And then none of those things, you know, will bring huge impact and they are just draining your, you know, your your energy. So I, I really like this analogy of, you know, if you have a glass, right? And if you keep filling in with sand, there's no, there's no room for big rocks, right? So first you need to fill in that glass or that bottle with the big rocks and then fill in with sand, which is the minor things that you should be involved. So yeah, at the same point, I was very, very busy, right? I was not being able to prove the value of my, my of the, the work that I was doing. And I, I almost quit, you know, this, this area because of that, because I was feeling very overwhelmed. I was drained. And then, you know, as the things evolved, I started to realize that, yeah, so I am the one that should be able to identify, okay, we need to fix this, but I also should be the one, you know, in charge of, okay, I, I, I know this needs to be fixed. I will give an heads up to the right team, right? So identifying the right team to, to pick this is also, you know, so, you know, a skill. It's something that you need to learn as a DevRel. 
because not everything is in your hands. And probably there's other teams, um, other teams in the company that you should work. So it's important that you don't work in a silo, right? It's important that you have this this collaboration, this cross-functional collaboration with other teams. And, and you understand how you can end over, you know, those problems uh, to that team. And of course, that brings, you know, a new skill to DevRel, which is how you build influence, you know, internally, right? This is also a lesson that I learned, which is your work is not just about the work that you do to the external community, but the work that you do with your, you know, internal internal teams and colleagues, right? It needs to be a collaboration. So, for example, you know, you need to be able to identify when, you know, that problem should be addressed by customer success department, right? Because our, after, you know, so th there's a, a, a like a high level journey, you know, developer journey, which is try, trust and transform, right? So it kind of, they try your products, they trust your product and they keep using it and they evolve, right? When they go to this, okay, they already trust your product and evolve. Maybe that is, that is you know, that is a responsibility to other teams like customer success. So that's an example. Unless your team sits under customer success, which is, you know, a different, a different conversation, which is where the DevRel team, you know, should sit. And, and, you know, depending on where it sits, you probably will have a, a different focus, right? So, and having a different, having a focus ties back to what I was just saying, which is embracing too many things at the same time, right? If you identify where you can bring value and where you should focus, right, you can easily overcome, overcome uh, this challenge. So this is one of the lessons that I learned, uh, you know, along the way. And I, I still try to carry, carry it with me because it happens today. So every week there's a new team reaching out. Oh, can you help with this? Can you help with this? And our immediate reaction is, yes, of course you can help because we know how to help, right? But sometimes you need, we need to say no in a way that, okay, it's not no, I won't help you, but okay, this is what you can do to handle this situation, right? And we kind of provide touch support rather than jump in with a high touch, you know, support to that team. So it's, it's a balance, right? Yeah, wow. I got to say, this is pure gold, everything you shared. If I may add just one, you know, uh, small thing, you mentioned earlier that developer relations, you know, sits more or less in the middle between engineering and marketing. I would add that, you know, it sits like in a Venn diagram, there's like five circles, which is marketing, sales, product, engineering, and, you know, developer relations are exactly in the middle. So the thing, the work that you do and being in between the developers and the company, you know, might really have you doing all sorts of things that, you know, might apply to a different team. So yeah, what, what you're saying is great because you might get overwhelmed at some point. So the analogy with the jar and the rocks and the sand is one of my personal favorites. So I was so happy to hear that. And yeah, you should focus on your big rocks first. Yeah, great minds think alike, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You know, we just talked about lessons learned. So I'm going to ask you something which we have already uh, gone through in the community voice. I want to repeat it because the, some of the listeners might not have yet joined the community. And so the community voice is like a question that, you know, we ask the community and get input and then we share it with one another, you know, trying to learn from each other. So the one that you responded to, and I thought was great, uh, was what advice would you give your younger self 
who is just getting started in developer relations. Yeah. So yeah. So that advice, you know, ties back to the to the challenge, right? So the challenge that I learned to overcome over yeah. the years, which is uh, essentially being busy. You know, doesn't mean that the work that you are doing will is bringing impact, right? Whether it's for the community or for the business that you are serving. And also urgent is not the same as important, right? Uh, sometimes what we feel it's urgent because sometimes someone reach out to you on Slack or asking your help for do this and you immediately jump in. And suddenly you just realize that your day is gone and the important tasks that you were supposed to handle were not handled, right? So it's important that you not confuse urgent with important because, you know, the, the, the tasks that are not important is the ones that will prevent you to achieving your goals, right? And like you said, yeah, we can help in many aspects of the business, uh, but it's 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 essential, you know, to challenge the the support that you can give, right? Because in the end, you want to focus on on what you want to achieve, and instead of being incredibly busy, you know, with with shallow tasks that won't bring you know a lot of impact. So it's about you know. Focus rather than task overload, essentially is my my advice, right? My advice to someone that is that is that is looking to get into this field. Another advice, if you allow me, is um, yeah. So sometimes when you get into this job, you feel that that you need to do everything by yourself. But it's important that you nurture relationships with with internal teams, right? So it's important that your goals are also aligned with other teams' goals. And everyone understands the purpose, right? Because everyone uh, has a job in, in nurturing and engaging with, with the end users, which are developers, right? So it's important to have that alignment. So try to do everything by yourself and 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 develop these cross-functional, you know, teams and relationships across your company. Yeah, this is uh, some piece of advice that I will be taking for myself too. So uh, I kept nodding <laughs> as you were saying. These are good reminders for me too. But yeah, thank you very much for sharing and for sharing another one. Now, you know, when we talk about, you know, developer relations, obviously we need a developer program there. So what would you say is a must-have for every developer program? Well, so must have for every developer program, DevRel team should be responsible for the developer journey. That goes from awareness to advocacy, right? So making sure that people know about your product or API until they get, you know, being a promoter or advocating for your product. So your program or develop any developer program be created with the purpose of leading the developer through this journey from awareness to advocacy. And you should be able to measure each step to determine where you where developers are getting stuck because that will tell you where you should focus, right? So it's important that you look at this entire journey, you know, you, you tied your program to each step of this journey because probably there will be, you know, programs that will play an impact on awareness, but also on the activation part. Right? So from awareness to activation, which is when they give it a try to our product. But you should be able to measure and you should be able to identify where where you have a huge okay. So you have a huge job because that is where you probably wanted to focus. I give I will give you you know an example. So last year uh, we were, we were looking into this journey. And we identify that 
we were losing a lot of people on the setup page or on the setup phase uh, step. So we were like, okay, so we are, you know, doing a lot of effort to bring people, you know, into the out systems vortex. And then we are losing these people on the setup. That can happen, right? So, and we develop initiatives to kind of accelerate and simplify that process. The setup process, because our focus for a while was with that, with was that specific that specific challenge. Of course, we didn't stop doing what we were doing, right? So, again, we have many many developer programs that address different stages on the developer journey, but you need to be able to reassess your priorities, right? So, you need to be able to assess our priorities and. Okay, this quarter, we will make an effort to improve these these programs or to bring in a new program to address this stage, and we will kind of continue to run all the operations in the other ones. But yeah, that will be a big effort and focus on this one. So, if you want to to refactor your developer program, or if you are thinking, if you are thinking about you know launching a new program, it's important that you identify where 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 this so where where this program will have impact in the developer journey so what is the stage you should be able to define how success looks like so for example probably if you identify that you need a program to address that specific stage you have a specific data so eventually you need to come up with desired data right so the things that you want to measure yeah. things that you want to, that you want to improve and most important if Identify if you have things to measure it, right? Because sometimes, okay, we want to improve this, but are we able to measuring this? How we will be able to measure this? So it's important to have tools in place to allow you to measure. Okay, so I would say this is must have is okay. How this will impact the developer journey? How success will look like? Do we have a way to measure it? So three fundamental pieces for any developer program. Yeah, and I like that you mentioned, you know, the journey, which, you know, the way I understand it, it's definitely super important. And, you know, what you just said kind of leads nicely into my next question uh, that I want to ask you is like, which are your top three points of focus in your DevRel strategy? Yeah, it, so the three points of focus, it will depend on, on the things that you want, your team wants to address, right? Uh, so, for example, if you consider this sample four-step journey, which is awareness, uh, acquisition, activation, and retention. It can be a, a, a bigger journey, of course, but you need to identify where do you want to focus, right? And tie your strategy around where your focus should be. Is it educating your, your developers in how to use your product? Is telling the world uh, you know, about your product, what, what, what should be, right? But yeah, depending on, on, on the focus, which is one of the, the things that you should consider when defining a DevRel strategy, right? So what is the focus, right? What are the priorities? It's making sure that uh, your strategy is serving the, the, the end user, right? So it's serving the target persona, which is developer. And at the same time, uh, is aligned with co your company goals, right? Because you won't be able to sell a strategy and get management sponsorship if this doesn't align to, to the company goals. So a perfect strategy, I would say, is something that is bringing value to developers 
and at the same time will bring value you know to your company which is most likely to 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 main KPIs which is money right revenue and customer success or customer satisfaction NPS right so it's about customers loving you and you know data that generated by by that so those are the company top metrics right but at the same point at the same time your strategy did to address uh, developers needs as well which is not easy okay so this is <laughs> this sounds great but yeah it it's is really you know hard to come up with a strategy because after, even after you identify this right how we are going to serve developers how this is aligned how this aligns with company goals what are the priorities after you identify this you still need to bring you know your narrative right i usually say that storytelling is something is a skill that we all need to acquire in this world right because you should be able to explain and this story you know should be should stick with people right so it should be easy, you should be easily explain what your strategy is rather it's by using some visuals which I always recommend to use some visuals and sketches to to explain your strategy but also have a good narrative in place that you use over and over to evangelize not just the management but every team inside that you need to establish a relationship you need to be able to to tell your strategy so yeah all of that what you just you know mentioned is like having both the business goals and the customer goals you know served and storytelling yes is i do believe that there it's it's a vehicle actually that can help you really help you towards both ways like both in your speaking to them to your customers the developers and at the same time you know explaining and justifying all your efforts to to the management of the company now what are you most looking forward to like in the what's the future is going to bring for developer relations is this something that you're looking forward to the way i see this is uh, the role of the developer itself is changing so you know as you think about you know developers like in the past 20 years right they were the ones almost working alone alone in in the you know very distant room in the yeah so and today they have more influence and autonomy in choosing their tools and and for this reason the role of the de- developer relations will be more and more relevant right because we will be the ones creating you know relationships with with this audience so this you know this fact of the developers are more they have more influence right so they they become the decision makers on adopting technology this will make the developer relations practice grow uh, this is the way i see and the way i hope the you know see this evolve and this will allow to bring more definition and clarification uh, around developer relations and developer relations teams and functions and programs right uh, which will be more also about clarifying career paths identifying patterns what works what doesn't work right so we see you know developer relations as an umbrella term for many different things right like you said but even you know considering that there there's specific contexts where some tactics will apply 
more and, and other tactics will apply uh, to other contexts. For example, we, we have this two scenarios, which is companies that are developer focus and companies that are developer plus, right? So developer focus is the one that are building products, which the target user is, is developers. Developer plus is about the companies where the, the, the buyer persona is not the same that the end user persona, right? So you sell to one specific persona, but then the persona that can bring value is the developers because they are the ones that are using the product, which by the way, that is my scenario, the scenario where, where I am, right? So I think as more as we involve this field, I think there will be more clarification, more people joining the conversations, right? I, I love, you know, seeing, you know, new people, you know, popping into this world, bring, you know, telling about the things that they tested and they failed, but also thinking, talking about the things that they tested, but it was a huge success. This really gives me, you know, inspiration to think about the next thing, you know, <laughs> that we are going. So I'm looking forward uh, to see, you know, more definition, more patterns, more frameworks around developer relations world. Yeah, this is definitely something to, to look out for. Unfortunately, we need to wrap up. Uh, and I say unfortunately because you've shared so many great things today in this episode that I'm also sure a lot of people will want to want will want to uh, hear more from you. So if someone wants to reach out to you, how can they do so? Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for your kind words. So I, I'm I'm using Twitter and LinkedIn. So on Twitter, I develop my developer relations pre presence. So my network there is mostly people that are doing developer relations like me. Okay. I'm also on LinkedIn, but I use LinkedIn to reach out to my target audience. So my network there is mostly about, you know, developers. But yeah, so on, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, I'm at Vera Tiago. So it's just my name. Okay. With no space. And LinkedIn is the same. So that's what's just me there. Feel free to reach out. I'm happy to have these conversations because, you know, to me, I'm doing, you know, developer relations for a while, but at the same company. So the way that I, you know, so one of the strategies that I use to evolve my skills is kind of connecting with other people that have the same challenge, but the, the, context, the, the, the context is slightly different. So I love to, to engage with, with people that are doing the same like me and, and learn from them. And also, you know, if possible, be able to, to help and provide some insight as well. So feel free to reach out. Yeah, and I got to say, Vera is also a member of our DevRelex community. So I'm sure people can reach out to you there too and learn from each other there. So to close on... Uh, Definitely positive note and also maybe things to consider. What's something that you watched or read right now or, you know, saw recently and uh, got you excited? Oh, okay. So right now I'm reading a new book. So I, I'm, I'm always looking for my next book. So I have, a, you know, like a, a big list on things that I that I want to, to read next. But right now, because because it ties to the moment where, where, where I am, which is about redefining our priorities, planning, strategy. I'm reading a, a book about negotiation, which is, so the title is Getting, Getting to Yes, Negotiated an Agreement Without Giving In. This, mm -hmm. this book was, was wrote by Roger Fisher and William Urey. So it's, it's a negotiation, negotiation 
skills book, right? So it, it gives you a lot of insights. Some of the things you kind of know, right? But it's, it's more like a, a confirmation. Okay, so I, I, I should, you know, position this like this way. So it gives you a lot of insights for different, you know, situations and also examples, you know, how to deal with those situations. So for everyone that is in the same stage as me, which is about, you know, planning strategy, defining strategy uh, and negotiation, negotiating with the management. So I really recommend this book. I'm enjoying a lot. Perfect. Thank you for sharing this. This book is actually on my list too. And a book wish lists somehow always keep growing and they never become. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's good to hear that you've also read it and you suggested. Uh, Vera, it's been great having you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. This was super fun. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. And thank you to our listeners for listening to the DevRelX podcast, the podcast devoted to developer marketing and relations. You can listen to all episodes, find free resources and the latest news, and also join our community at DevRelX.com. You can subscribe to our bite-sized bi-weekly digest or follow us on Twitter at slash data HQ. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.